Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Amen. Cindy, Cindy, come on up here, Cindy Mendoza. Come on up here if you would. Everybody say hi, Cindy. So there's family that gets to be near a lot, and there's family that gets to go far away at times. Cindy uh, is who we support over in Rwanda and uh, in Kenya as well. And so it's an opportunity for us to um, get to see her when she comes into town. Uh, we support her missionally. A lot of times you'll see there's some tables that are set up out there throughout the year. And there's lots of different things from the um, villages there in Rwanda that the ladies make. And Kenya too. Yeah, so from Kenya, they make all these different things, and so some of you guys do your shopping there, and so thank you guys for that. All of that support goes to the ministry um, that Cindy Mendoza gets to do, and so I just want to give you a second to just tell us what's going on. Warm, 85 degrees. Thank you very much. I'm sorry, I still have my coat on, because I did not bring the warm, 85-degree weather from Africa. <laughs> it's still really cold here. Um, thank you, and good morning, and thank you, Pastor Aaron, for allowing me to, to greet you this morning. And um, I just, I love being here. I love, even I walked in and I saw the Millers. I don't know where they're at right now. And Lance said, welcome home. And it just makes me want to cry because it is just Jesus is here. You're here. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, my people back in Rwanda are excellent. We just had many things happening over Christmas as we were getting ready to celebrate Jesus, as you did here. One of the events, we had a 1,000 people at church. Amen. Yes, yes. I'm like, hey, we have more than you. We have more than you. <laughs> so um, it is just awesome to see the harvest as, as the Lord is bringing in the neighbors, bringing in the, especially here in Iowa, bringing in the sheaves. You know, God is bringing in the people. He wants them to know him. And he doesn't want just fire insurance. He, you don't, I don't want you just to come up and say, yeah, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord every single day. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Lord every single day, every hour, every minute, every single time. Lord, how do you want me to spend my money? How do you want me to spend the next 15 minutes? So as we teach and preach and, and disciple our people there, that is my heart and my passion. So we're looking at uh, 2022 to start the fourth campus of Cindy's Hope, Rwanda. Yeah. Can you imagine? Four campuses. You yeah. Give the Lord a hand, please. So the first three we have, we're, uh, the newsletter just went out. We have close to 800 students now around all the campuses of Cindy's Hope, 800 uh, students. And each campus is ministering to a at least a 1,000 people in each community. So uh, we're looking at the fourth campus, and we're ready to walk the land and pray over it and, and preach the word, and we're ready to, for the next harvest. We're, we're getting the field ready. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for sowing seeds into the ministry. I'm just so grateful. Amen. Thank you, Cindy. Stay there. We're going to pray over her. And uh, we've got a team of 22, 23, end of March. And, uh, and so they're going to be going over there here from Reliance. And um, they're going to be able to uh, be with Cindy and help out where they can help out, be ministered to as well. So you're going to be praying for that team as well. But we guys just extend a handout. We love to pray for missionaries when they come through um, because we believe that they're the hands and feet of Jesus. 
and that they're taking on that great commission to go. So, Father, we thank you for Cindy. We thank you, Father, for this mission that you've put before her. It seems insurmountable. How can the whole continent of Africa be saved? And it's one life at a time. And I thank you, Jesus, that Cindy is taking one life at a time over and over and over, and it's multiplying over and over and over. And so, Father, we pray, strengthen her frame, God. Strengthen her heart. Strengthen her spirit, God. When she goes back over, we pray, God, that she feels an overwhelming peace in her heart, Jesus, that you've got everything that she needs laid out for her. All the provision is there, Father. We pray, Lord, that you would bless her, bless the um, kids that are at Cindy's Hope going to the school, bless the churches that are growing there. Father, thank you for what you're doing in Rwanda. Thank you for what you're doing in Kenya. And may it explode to every other country in Africa as well. We love you, Jesus. We praise you in your name. Amen. Amen. Will you give her one more hand? Thank you. Welcome. If you're a visitor, we call ourselves... We're going to jump in today. Welcome. If you're a visitor, we call ourselves a family, so you guys are a part of our family today. Um, we are talking these first few weeks in this new year uh, about being on purpose. Everybody say on purpose. on purpose. On purpose, meaning we don't want to be off purpose. We want to be on purpose. And being on purpose means that we have to be intentional, right? Like when I'm at home and my kids do something to one another, which is often such as, let's say, they fight or beat one another up or, you know, whatever, take something from one another, um, they'll always say, I didn't mean to, it was an accident, right? And I'm always like, you're lying, right? That was not an accident. You did that on purpose. You were intentional. You thought about it. You knew what you wanted to do. And in our life with Christ, there are some things that he wants us to be intentional about. He wants us to be activated in. He wants us to be on purpose in. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about being on purpose in a few areas. And being on purpose doesn't mean you just fall into these things. I want to say that again, intentional. And there's three talk about this kind of purpose is intentional. These things are going to have to be intentional. And there's three things that we've told you that we're really after here at Reliance. Three things that guide us, three things that we give ourselves over to. All three of them are important to us. Worship word and one is the word and the third one is prayer. In no particular order, all three of them are important to us. Worship word and prayer. Last week we talked about prayer and we prayed together. This week we're going to talk about being on purpose and abiding in his word. We think it's really, really important. And so if you've grown up at all, um, you know, in our life, there's always people asking, what do you think your purpose is in life, right? And you feel this pressure even now as an adult, you know, there's times where you probably get to ask that question where you're going, what do you think your purpose is? And you wrestle with that, like, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? I don't know if I know what my real purpose is. These three things I promise you are part of your purpose. Number one, you were created for worship. How many agree with that? You've got purpose, you were created for worship. Right now, if you've ever said, I just don't feel like I have purpose, you have purpose because you were created for worship. You were also created to abide in his word. How many of you guys agree that you were created to abide in his word? I'm gonna prove that to you today. So you have purpose. One, you're a worshiper. Two, you're an abider in his word. You've got purpose. And then three, what we talked about last week is you were created and called to a prayer lifestyle. And so you've got purpose right now in your life as a worshiper, 
as a word person, somebody who loves the word of God, and as a prayer warrior. You've got purpose in your life. And so we're going to spend most of our time on these three things over the next couple of weeks so that you understand that we are on purpose in the things that the Lord has for us. There's a real quick word in Psalm 119. And the psalmist in 119 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? And I think this goes much further than even just a young man. How can a young man keep his way pure? And here's what he says, by guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So when we talk about abiding in the word and the word abiding in us, there's this storing up God's word in our heart that we don't wander away from him and fall into the sinful things in life or that we don't wander away from him and fall into the pit of destruction that we sometimes are prone to do, amen? Deeply rooted identity of abiding, well, what we're saying is we want the word of God to be so deeply rooted in us that when we're, when we're in the word of God, the word of God is in us. It keeps us in check of where we're supposed to to be. And so this is foundational to us, worship, word, and prayer. There's a lot of other cool things we could talk about. These things we build our foundation on, and then we go kind of from there. Now, there's a quick uh, quote that's worth mentioning. We've said it probably 100,000 times in here. It's by Francis Chan. I think it does a lot when it talks about purpose. I saw somebody posted it even this week on their Facebook post. Francis Chan says these words, our greatest fear shouldn't be at failure, but succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. So our greatest fear in life shouldn't be that, oh man, I failed this, I, I didn't measure up with this, oh, I tried this and it didn't go well for me. That should not be our greatest fear. Failure happens in life and failure can build us in life, right? Our greatest fear should be succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. I'm succeeding at all of these things that at the end of the day have no eternal value to them. And so I give myself over to all of these. What are we really after? Are we after, hey, we'll all burn one day. Amen, church? And so what are we really after? Are we after things in our life? that have eternal value or we after things in our life that don't really matter. And I think this first thing that we're talking about today, abiding in his word, this is the start of it. This is the foundation. Scripture verse, let me just real preface this real quick. John 14, 15, 16, you get to kind of see these moments of Jesus' life where right before he's about to be crucified and he begins to just spill out all the good stuff. And so you get to John 15, verse 1, and he gives the famous, I'm the vine, you're the translation, say my father is the gardener. Vine, the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Some translations say my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may be more fruitful. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and he withers and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But here's the key, listen to this church. If you abide in me and my word, ever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Amen? So, Father, have your way with this word today, and I pray that we learn what it means to truly abide in you. Let me do one preface thing real quickly, verse 7, because I emphasize that. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you, right? We camp out on that a lot. I just want to preface this before we get into this. I'm not talking about when you say, Lord, I'm abiding in you, and your word's abiding in me, and so give me $10 million, Right? And you're like, well, where's it at? I just don't trust you. That's what your word said. Listen, if his word is abiding in you, it won't be about you. If his word is abiding in you, you're not gonna be asking him for those things that are all about your comfort, your security, and your promotion in life. It's all about his promotion in life. And I think that sometimes we've taken that scripture verse out of context and we've made it all about, well, if I abide and his word's in me and I'm in his body, I can ask anything. He's gonna give it to me. He's going to give it to you according to his will that's in his word. And that's so key. And so as we talk about this, I want you to understand this word abiding is the key part here. Not so much in what we're asking for, but abiding in what he wants inside of us. And so that word abide, if you actually read that in verses 4 through 10, you'll find that that word abide is used 10 to 11 times depending on your translation. 10 to 11 times in verses 4 through 10, it uses the word abide. This is towards the end of Jesus' life. I think Jesus wants us to know something foundational about abiding. I think he sees something here that you and I need to grab hold of in our heart. He's going, look, foundationally, out of all the things that you're going to learn, out of all the things that I've taught you, all of it's good, all of it's life, but this right here is the start for you. Because he's going to tell them in a moment, I'm going to be gone In a little while, you're going to see me. A little while longer, you're not going to see me anymore, right? When I'm gone, this is going to be where basically what Jesus is saying, it's abiding in me. And so he's going to get this through to them. And so basically what Jesus is saying is this, all attached to you, all abide to you. This isn't just, I'm going to attach to you and you're going to be away from me. So this, is, this isn't just, I'm going to attach to you and you're going to be okay. He's going, I'm going to attach to you, then you've got a responsibility to attach to me, to stay attached to me. And so this word abide means to live. So he's going, I'm gonna live in you, you gotta live in me. I'm gonna dwell in you, you gotta dwell in me. It's a verb, it's actually about a relation, a place of relationship, it's an expectancy. It's the word abide, because it's a verb, it means it's an active dwelling, an active being present, an active remaining in him. It's not a feeling, it's not like I feel like abiding. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's not like you're saying, I I feel like abiding. Just like love isn't just a feeling, right? Love is an active choice in our life, amen. If you're married in this room, say amen. It's not a feeling. Like there are days where I feel like loving and there are days I don't feel like loving. I make a choice, amen? And it's an active, it's an active thing in our heart. So the same word is with abiding. Abiding is not like I kind of feel like dwelling with the Lord. It's an active I'm going to abide in him. 
I'm going to live there. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to be rooted in him. I'm going to make sure that when I wake up and the first breath that comes out of my lungs, it's going to be, I abide in you today, Jesus. I don't just feel it. I'm doing it. I'm going to live in you. You're living me. That's what your word says. And so the first thing we got to get is that he's trying to call us into that place of going, this is an active, initiating, intentional thing that we do in our life. So let me paint this picture. Jesus is walking with his disciples. He's telling them all this crazy stuff about his crucifixion without using the word crucifixion. They don't understand what he's talking about. What do you mean you're gone and you're here and you're gone? We don't understand what you're saying. What do you mean you're not going to be here with us? We don't, we don't get what you're saying. And I see Jesus look over. He sees a vineyard. And as he sees this vineyard, he sees vines and he sees branches coming off of the vines. And he's like, oh, walk with me to the vineyard, right? And so they go into the vineyard and all of a sudden Jesus is like, hey, do you see this orchard? They're like, yeah. And he's a master at illustrations. He says, you see that vine right there? And they go, yeah, we see it. He goes, that's me. You see the branches coming off the vine? They're like, yeah, we see it. That's you guys. You see that gardener over there with the pruning things? That's my father. And all of a sudden, they start to go, oh, just the branches that come off. And he's like, okay, that's right. And he lays out the most critical, crucial piece to living in Christ that I think we can understand in terms of outside of Christ and me, the hope of glory. Here's what he lays out. He says these words, that branch, you see that connection where that branch and that vine meet, that connection piece, that right there, this has to be you and me. That connection piece has to be you and me. If the branches abide in the vine, they will do good things. By nature, they will do good things. But if they're attached from it, you see the ones laying on the ground, what's the matter with them? They're stiff, they're brittle, they're broken, and they're gonna get swept up and thrown into the fire. And he's basically giving them this idea. There's gonna come this day where when I'm gone and you don't see him anymore, you're gonna have to actively abide in my presence and my presence in you. And so he's given them this critical piece. You cannot kind of forge or bust your way and make your own trail in life when I'm not with you anymore. You've got to stay connected with me. So there's two things when we talk about abiding in Jesus. Number one, um, it's this word daily. Everybody say daily. Not weekly. Connection is a part of, I read the Bible in a year, whatever. Daily connection is a part of abiding. Daily connection. Abiding in Jesus. A branch is connected to the vine, and the vine is connected to the branch. And that key piece is that word connected. Now, here's the reason I keep saying connected, because I think there's a lot of people that are connected to the Lord, and there's a lot of people that are associated with the Lord. Okay? And the people that I'm connected with, I do life with, we do, I love, we do, we do things together, we do activity together, we talk, we hang out, we email, there's communication, there's, there's just a relationship. The people that I'm associated with, I see them from time to time. We pass by one another, and every now and again, we exchange pleasantries, right? Like, there's a difference between being connected to the Lord and being associated with the Lord. And so coming to church doesn't necessarily mean you're connected with the Lord. You could just simply be associated with him. It's what I do. I've been doing it since I was five years old. And so he's saying in these words how important that this connectional piece is. There's no such thing as a branch that's still a part of a tree if it's been broken off and it's away from the tree. It's no to those branches. It's such a big deal that Jesus is going to use these words. And if you're like me, I'm like, well, I do a lot of things, right? 
There's a lot of people that aren't necessarily connected with the Lord that do a lot of things. And as I was reading this, it just over and over, I was like, what do you mean? Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do a lot of things that are nothing. You can have a lot of pursuits and a lot of passions and a lot of things that you're after. And you can, you can even do good things and be a good person and have, have great outcomes because you're a good person. And apart from the Lord, it's nothing. I'm going to try to hurt your feelings. Keep doing great things, but make sure that Jesus is the center of your great things. Because apart from him, he goes, I don't care if you're the greatest humanitarian that's ever lived on planet Earth. If I'm not the center of it, it's nothing. Amen? <laughs> I think it's safe to say that that truth right there is the foundation of our Christian growth. Apart from me, you can do nothing at all. Uh, amen, right? I mean, it was muffled a bit, but we'd say amen, right? Uh, amen, right? Like, amen, we'd say, yeah, this is good. I, we'd probably even throw in like, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Usually the first thing, nod their head, and we'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'd be like, yeah, that's so true, that's so true. And yet, it's usually the first thing we abandon in our Christian life. So here we are. Yeah, yeah, apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm never going to be apart from you. And then things get tough, I'm out. Apart from you, I can do nothing. And I get super successful in life, and I'm like, I just don't know if I need you daily. So I don't care if it's that you're rock bottom, or I don't care if it's that you've hit wild success in your life. Usually the first thing that we abandon in our Christian life is the daily connection, don't know that I need you anymore. Even though today all of us are in agreement, this is so foundational. It all starts with, am I connected to him? So in that daily connection, because it's so foundational, we have to have this conscious awareness of the Lord constantly. There's this conscious awareness of the Lord that God is here. Like in relationships, even in our, our technology-driven world today, have you ever noticed that you can walk into a room, whatever, right? And nobody's even aware of who's in the room. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Everybody's whatever, right? And somebody could even get up and be like, fire, whatever, and everybody be like, you know what I mean? Or if you're in a relationship, you're a husband, your wife, whatever, you're in a relationship, and there's times where I'll walk into the room, or Christy will walk into the room, and I'm on the TV, and I'm just kind of vegging out, and apparently, she's talked to me for 15 minutes, and I didn't realize it, right? <laughs> apparently. And she goes, sometimes I feel like you're here, and you're not even present. You guys know what I'm talking about? Just a little window into our soul, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't even realize you walked in the room. Don't say that. Just be like, oh, when you walked in, like the beauty of the Lord, you know, whatever. <laughs> I heard the angel's wings, you know, sweep through. <laughs> Anyways, there's times where she's like, I feel like I'm in the room, you don't even know it. What she's saying is, like, we're both in this room, but you're not consciously aware that I'm here. And, and I feel like this is what it looks like with the Lord. There are so many times where when we go throughout our day, we're not consciously aware that he's here. We're not consciously aware that he's here. He's, right? He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. So we don't have this conscious awareness that everywhere I go, he's there. David goes, where can I go to escape your presence? I go to the deep, you're there. I go, Hot. when we're abiding in him, that he is everywhere and in everywhere and with me at all times. There's this conscious awareness of it. And I think it's easy to forget that God is there. The good analogy I heard one time somebody say, they said, um, if I were to offer you a million dollars, who would want a million dollars in this room? 
You liars, raise your hand. You're like, oh, no, 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 I don't want money. You're lying, all right? Right? All of us in this room would be like, yeah, I want a million, I want a million dollars, right? And so here's the deal. I've got this ring. I'm going to give you this ring. And all you have to do with this ring, it's worth $100 million. I will give you a million dollars if you will watch this ring for 30 days. I just want you to protect it, watch this ring for, for 30 days, watch over it. I'll give you a million dollars. Now, if you lose it, you got to pay for it, right? But if you, if you just watch it for 30 days, that's all I want you to do. Watch it for 30 days. I'll give you a million dollars, right? Everybody would take this challenge on, and you would constantly be checking for that ring. I've got it. You'd literally go Lord of the Rings like, ah, my precious, right? <laughs> You'd probably wear it around your neck. You'd, there would be this awareness. You would probably even walk around holding it like this. So the value of this thing, I'm wrong with this finger, right? Because there's this awareness. Like, I know the value of this thing. I'm aware. I'm aware all the time. You can talk to me. I'm aware. I've got a ring on my finger. It's worth a million dollars. All I got to do is stay steady. Stay steady. Always be aware. Don't come close, Right? So there's this conscious awareness of the value of this thing. When we understand the value of Jesus, we understand the conscious awareness of him in our life. He's so valuable. He's so valuable. He's worth more than a million dollar ring. This wasn't even close to that, by the way, right? He's worth so much more than that. And I'm sitting here going, "Ah, yeah, sometimes I forget that he's been around. It's this conscious awareness of abiding in him. So when you're looking at your conscious awareness and you see Jesus, how you see Jesus in your life will give you a good litmus, to, will give you a good litmus test of how you value him in your life. Am I aware? Am I aware that he's there? Number two, so you got this connection that's daily. Number two, you got this dependence, this daily dependence. So not only am I connected, but a branch that's connected to the vine depends on the vine daily to feed it. Feed me, feed me. That branch that's out there trying to sprout fruit out there, it's doing nothing. It's saying, hey, stump, hey, tree, hey, hey, vine, all of the nutrients are coming from you. You gotta feed me. So there's this dependence upon the Lord when we're abiding in him. Not only am I connected, I'm depending on you today. Do you know that the Lord never gets tired of you depending on him? He never gets tired of you going, I just don't know what to do, Jesus. I need you. He's like, it's what I've always wanted. I want you to depend on me. I want to take care of you. I want to watch over you. I want you to depend on me. So there's this dependence that we have in abiding. We want to see God move. We want to see God do miracles. We just sang a song, House of Miracles. We want to see all those things. All of us would agree in this room, I want to see miracles in my life. How many of us are in the word daily and consistently? You see, I'm wondering how many times we want the big things of the Lord. I want to see miracles. I want to see dead people raised from the dead. And he's going, you know what I want? I just want you to read your word. (laughs) I want to see miracles, Lord. I want to see the sick made well. He's like, that's awesome. I I want to see a prayer life. Amen. Again, Lord, which dependence on you. Abiding means dependence. The branch, without the vine, the branch is useless. The branch is lifeless. The branch is powerless. The branch has no vine determines the fruit. I love this. I love this. The tree is the life. The tree is him. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. L- listen to these words, church. The role of the vine is to hold the branch in its place. Jesus holds us in our position with me in the heavenly places. 
Do you know where you're at? You're seated at the right hand of the Father with me in Christ Jesus. Like so much of scripture is about your position. Did you know that your sons and daughters, it's a position. Did you know that? Did you know that one day your heirs, co-heirs with Christ, with all that God has? How many of you guys knew that in this house? This is your position. So Jesus is going, look, I'm the branch or I'm the vine that's holding you, the branch, in the right position. If you stay connected to me, you won't ever have to worry about what your position is. And you won't ever have to worry about what your purpose is because the purposes that I want to produce in you, I'll bring the nutrients and you'll grow the fruit that I want. This right here is so key. The branch only has one purpose of existence, to bear the fruit that the vine produces inside of us. This is our existence. This is why the position that Christ is constantly trying to remind us of is so important. The branch did nothing except abide. That's all the branch did. It didn't strive. It didn't struggle. It didn't say, oh, I really feel like I can't hold on any longer. You guys know what I'm talking about? The branch isn't sitting there going day after day. I just, oh, I feel weak. I feel weak. I feel like you're going to, it just simply abides and dwells and says, I trust you. You're going to feed me. You're going to make me strong. I don't ever have to worry about the wind and the waves that are going to try to crash. I don't have to worry about any of those things. They'll try to crash over me because you're the one who feeds me and makes me strong. Fruit, the branch can't claim fruit. Only the vine claims the fruit. Branches, and the branches are going, weird, right? And you see, you, see, you see the vines and you see the branches and the branches are going, right? Trying to produce fruit. Like, I'm gonna strive, grape come, and a grape pops out, right? Doesn't happen. Because it's not about, it's not about the vine trying really hard to do it. It's not about the branch trying really hard to do it. It's about the vine that does it. It's not about our efforts. It's not about how hard we try. It's about abiding in him. And it's a guarantee. Here's the thing. Like, it's a, this, is a, this is a surefire, guarantee way to produce fruit for the Lord. Because this is what he says. If you abide in me, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. It's a guarantee. If I'm so rooted in the Lord, and I'm so connected to the Lord, he is so much for his glory, he'll do it. You don't have to strive and try. You don't have to live your life going, oh, I just wish I was better at. You're just going, I'm abiding. He's doing. Life is whatever, right? Good. Even in the midst of trial, in the midst of struggle, when you do feel like everything's crashing down around you, man, you're going to be sitting there going, I'm secure in him. This is important because I don't know if you're like me, but there are times where I feel like the Christian life is exhausting. Anybody? So this is where you get to raise your hand so I don't feel so isolated and alone here. Okay, awesome. We're family. Come on. I feel beat down at times. In my, I feel like it's exhausting at times. There are days and weeks where I feel like, man, I'm spinning my wheels. I feel beat down at times. In my Christian life, there are days where I feel, because I feel beat down in my Christian life, there are days where I feel, shallow, you know what I mean? You, you feel that. And I'm like, Lord, I preach this or I study this. I don't even follow, you know what I mean? You, you feel that weight that comes over you. And here's the deal. I realize that the times that I feel spiritual exhaustion in my life is when I forget that I'm a branch and I'm trying to act like the vine. Like, I'm trying to be the vine, and the Lord's going, stop it. You're a branch, man. Just be a branch. Be a good branch. Be a branch. 
right? When we try to do it all on our own, the Christian life, man, becomes exhausting because we think that somehow I've got to be the one producing everything. And really, it comes down to I've got to be the one that's abiding in him because he's already abiding in me. That's it. So there's this last little thing that we got to deal with in this scripture verse. Everybody say pruning. Scissors. <laughs> You've got the pruning that comes. He says, every branch in me, praise the Lord, takes away. Praise the Lord that he takes away things that you don't need in your life. Praise the Lord. I, I, there are times where I get stressed out, so I just like to veg. So I'm one of those vegers. I'm like, I don't care what I'm watching. I'm just like, right? And, and like the Lord comes in, he goes, is that vegging out in front of, is that producing, <laughs> and then my dog eats our cable box, and I'm right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and then my dog eats our cable box, and I'm like, he cut it, he cut it, right? <laughs> but anyways, side note. Um, that's nonsense, you don't need that. You don't need that in your life. Oh, but Lord, it feels good, I love to do this, I love to do that. And there are times where he's like, I know these words. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. There are things in my life, and we've talked about this before in here, that I'm like, Lord, don't touch that. It's doing really well in the midst of everything else you've cut off, right? And he's like, I know. I'm just, I'm gonna prune it back because there's more fruit that can be had and you don't realize it. There's some branches that are coming off of that fruitful thing that are like selfish ambition. There's a branch that's coming off over here that's got a little bit of pride to it. Aaron, I'm gonna cut that thing off. And this branch right here, this one, things are going so well, I, I don't want you to get lazy, and that little branch right there is lazy and actually bear more fruit. So that this branch that's fruitful will actually bear more fruit. So if you feel like the Lord's touching some good things in your life, and he's cutting back some good things in your life, those little, you know what we call those on trees? What do we call them? Sucker branches. Fruit in your life. You want those little things to suck the life out of what's producing fruit in your life. So he's a pruning God, and the pruning process is hard, but the abiding process has to have pruning in it. If I'm gonna abide in the Lord and throw him to come in and prune and cut away and deal with and throw away the things that aren't supposed to be there. So, we gotta stand with me today. I don't know if you've struggled with abiding lately. I don't know what your 2022, if that's something that you said, Lord, I, I just wanna abide in you, but I'm gonna ask you today, we're gonna dim the lights, I'm just gonna ask you to put your hands out if you would. And we're just gonna ask the Lord to give us a heart of abiding in him, daily connection, daily dependence. We're just gonna abide in him. I just wanna pray this over you. The band's gonna close out with the song. If you need to get on your face before the Lord, please feel free to get on your face before the Lord. I just think there's something powerful in humility. And so a lot of times they would weep before the Lord, sackcloth and ash, they would come, they just lay out before the Lord. If that's you, this, let's just, Father, thank you for this. Please feel free to do that. You can do it in your chair, you can do it up here. Let's just, Father, thank you for this day, a day of abiding in you. I pray that this becomes foundational for us in our 2022. It should be every year but I pray it becomes foundational for us this year. Where God, we want to be daily connected and daily dependent upon you. I pray, Jesus, that we would understand that there's a pruning process in abiding as well. That there are times you're cutting away things that shouldn't be there. They're dead. 
They're not gonna produce fruit. They're worthless things. They're nothing, and you wanna cut them off of us. I thank you, Jesus, that there are some things that you're just simply trimming back because there's some sucker branches that shouldn't be there. But God, it all starts with, am I willing to abide in you? to stay attached to you, not to detach from you when things are easy, not to detach from you when things are difficult. Am I willing just to stay attached to you? So I pray for a bunch of radical men and women in this room that just simply want to abide in you, dwell in you, live in you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.